Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, A Modern Rendering. Chapter 45 Preliminary We have described Baba's passing away in the last three chapters. His physical or finite form has no doubt disappeared from our view but the infinite transcendent form ever lives. The leelas that occur during his lifetime have been dwelled upon at great length. But ever since his passing away, new leelas have taken place and are happening even now. This clearly shows that Baba is ever living and helping his devotees as before. The people who had contact with Baba when he was living were indeed very fortunate. But if any of them had not achieved dispassion for the things and enjoyments of the world and did not have their mind turned to the Lord, it was truly their bad luck. What was wanted then and is wanted now his wholehearted devotion to Baba. All our senses, organs, and mind should cooperate in worshiping and serving Baba. It is no use in engaging some organs in the worship and forgetting others. If a thing like worship or meditation is to be done, it ought to be done with all our mind and soul. The love that a chaste woman bears for her husband is sometimes compared to that which a disciple bears for his guru. Yet the former love falls short of the latter, which is incomparable. No one, whether he be father, mother, brother, or any other relation comes to our aid in attaining the goal of life, self-realization. We have to map out and traverse the path of self-realization ourselves. We have to discriminate between the unreal and the real, renounce the things and enjoyments of this world and the next, control our senses and mind and aspire for liberation only. Instead of depending upon others, we should have full faith in ourselves. When we begin to practice discrimination, we come to know that the world is transient and unreal, and our passion for worldly things becomes less and less. And ultimately, we get dispassion or detachment towards them. Then we know that the Brahman, which is no other than our Guru, is the sole reality. And as it transcends and surrounds the seeming universe, 
We begin to worship it in all creatures. This is the unitive bhajan or worship. When we worship Raman or the Guru wholeheartedly, we become one with him and attain self-realization. In short, always chanting the name of the Guru and meditating on him enables us to see him in all beings and it confers eternal bliss on us. The following story will illustrate this. Kaka Sahib's doubt and Anandrao's vision. It is known that Sai Baba had directed Kaka Sahib Dixit to read two works of Sri Eknath daily, Bhagavat and the Ramayana. Kaka Sahib was reading the Bhagavat. Shama and Mahajani were present and listening attentively to the portion read, the second chapter, 11th Skanda, verse of the book. There, the nine knots, or siddhas, of the Rishabha family, Kavi, Hari, Antariksha, Prabhuda, Pipalayan, Abhihotra, Drumil, Chamas, Karabhajan, expounded the principles of the Bhagavad Dharma to King Janaka. King Janaka asked all the nine knots the most important questions, and each of them answered satisfactorily. Kavi explained, what is Bhagavad Dharma? Hari explained the characteristics of a bhakti. Antariksha explained what is maya. Prabhuda explained how to cross maya. Pipalayam explained what is parabrahman. Abhihota explained what is karma. Jumil explained the incarnations of God and their deeds. Chalmas explained how a devotee fares after death. Karabhajan explained the different modes of worship of God in different ages. The substance of all these discussions, that in this Kali age, the only means of liberation was the remembrance of the Lord's or the Guru's feet. After the reading was over, Kaka said in a despondent tone to Shama and the others, How wonderful is the discourse of the nine knots on devotion, but at the same time, how difficult it is to put it into practice. The knots were perfect, but is it possible for fools like us to attain the devotion as described by them? We won't get it even after several births. Then how are we to get liberation? 
It seems that there is no hope for us. Shama did not like this pessimistic attitude of Kaka Sahib. He said, It is a pity that one who has the good luck to have such a jewel as Baba should cry out so despairingly. If he has unwavering faith in Baba, why should he feel restless? The bhakti of the knots may be strong and wonderful, but is not ours loving and affectionate? And has not Baba told us authoritatively that remembering and chanting Hari's name and the Guru's name brings liberation? Then where is the cause for fear and anxiety? Akaka Sahib was not satisfied with Shama's explanation. He continued to be anxious and restless the whole day, thinking and brooding over how to get the powerful bhakti of the knots. The next morning, the following miracle took place. A gentleman named Anandra Pakahade came there in search of Shama. The reading of the Bhagavat was going on. Pakade sat near Shama and whispered something to him. He was mentioning his dream vision in a low tone. As there was some interruption in the reading by this whispering, Kakasahib stopped the reading and asked Shama what the matter was. Shama said, Yesterday you expressed your doubt. Now here is the explanation for it. Hear Pakade's vision that Baba gave him, explaining the saving characteristics of devotion and showing that devotion in the form of worshipping the Guru's feet is sufficient. All were anxious to hear the vision, especially Kakasahib. At their suggestion, Pakade began to share his vision. I was standing in a deep sea, in waist-deep water. All of a sudden, I saw Sai Baba there. He was sitting on a beautiful throne, studded with diamonds, with his feet in the water. I was most pleased and satisfied to see Baba's form. The vision was so realistic that I did not think it was a dream. Curiously enough, Shama was also standing there. He said to me with emotion, Anandrao, fall at Baba's feet. I responded, I want to, but his feet are in water. How can I place my head on them? I am helpless. Hearing this, Shama said to Baba, O Deva, take your feet out from under the water. Baba then took his feet out, and I immediately grabbed them and bowed to them. Unseeing this, Baba blessed me, saying, Go now, you will be happy. There's no cause for fear and anxiety.
he also added, Give a silk border dhoti to my shama. You will profit from it. In compliance with Baba's order, Bhakade brought a dhoti and requested Kaka Sahib to give it to Shama. But Shama refused to accept it, saying that unless Baba gave a hint that he should accept it, he would not. After some discussion, Kaka Sahib decided to cast lots. Invariably, Kaka Sahib used to cast lots when he was uncertain what to do and would abide by the decision shown in the picked-up chit or lot. In this particular case, two chits, on one which was written to accept and on the other to reject, were placed at the feet of Baba's picture, and a child was then asked to pick one of them. The to accept chit was picked up and the dhoti was accepted by Shama. In this way, Anand Rao and Shama were satisfied, and Kaka Sahib's difficulty was solved. This story urges us to give respect to the words of other saints, but at the same time asks us to have full faith in our mother, the Guru, and abide by his instructions, for he knows our welfare better than any other person. Carve on your heart the following words of Baba. There are innumerable saints in this world, but our Father is the Father. Others might say many good things, but we should never forget our Guru's words. In short, love your Guru wholeheartedly, surrender to him completely, and prostrate yourselves before him. And then you will see that there is no sea of mundane existence before you to cross, and there is no darkness before the sun. Baba Sleeping on a Wooden Plank In his earlier days, Baba slept on a wooden plank, four arms in length and only a span in breadth, with earthen lamps burning at the four corners. Later on, he broke the plank into pieces and threw it away. Once Baba was describing the greatness of this plank to Kaka Sahib, hearing this, Kaka Sahib said to Baba, you still love the wooden plank. I will suspend one in the masjid again for you to sleep at ease. Baba replied, I won't like sleeping up, leaving Malsapati down on the ground. Then Kakasahib said, I will provide another plank for Malsapati. Baba said, How can Malsapati sleep on the plank? It is not easy to sleep on the plank. Only he who can sleep with his eyes wide open can achieve that. When I go to sleep, I often ask Malsapati to sit by my side, place his hand on my heart, 
and watch the chanting of the Lord's name there. And if he finds me sleepy, wake me up. He can't even do this. He himself gets drowsy and begins to nod his head. When I feel his hand heavy as a stone on my heart and cry out, O Bhagavat, he moves and opens his eyes. How can he who can't sit and sleep well on the ground and whose posture is not steady and who is a slave to sleep, sleep high up on the plank? On many other occasions, Baba said, out of love for his devotees, what is ours, whether good or bad, is with us, and what is another's is with him. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's The Sri Sai Satcharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda. For more content like this online, please go to divinelineage.org, saifamily.org, and peacefires.org. To learn more about Monica, please go to monicapinaconda.org